0: This is the John Oakley Show podcast. The Ontario education system has been tweaked somewhat. Uh, Some even say significant changes have been brought to the fore. Uh, There's a new elementary math curriculum as well as sex ed curriculum that's been updated or changed anyway. And uh, we heard the other day the province wide ban on cell phones has gone into effect. So we've got the minister online to uh, help us understand what these changes mean going forward. Joining us, Lisa Thompson, here on The Oakley Show at Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Minister, good to have you back on board. Hi there.
1: Thank you so much. Good afternoon, John.
0: So uh, the question of, first, let's start with the the average class size for uh, secondary grades, 9 to 12, adjusted to uh, 28, up from the current average of 22. That's about a 25, 30 percent increase, uh, not insignificant. Uh Will the quality of education be impacted here or in other areas where you've uh, made changes?
1: Well, actually, and just to take a step back, what we've done with our announcement today, we've confirmed that we're not changing any class sizes in kindergarten to grade three and from grade four to grade eight we're going to be looking at a potential increase of no more than one student per class and then yes as you've mentioned john when it comes to our more mature high school students we took a look and reviewed um, how we compared against other jurisdictions in canada And we recognized that Ontario had a very low teacher-to-pupil ratio and that we felt it would be a good move to align our high school class sizes with other jurisdictions in Canada.
0: Okay, so that's sort of the yardstick you're using. right? And so when I ask, will the quality of education be impacted, do you have any evidence to tell you one way or the other?
1: Well, actually, um, what we have is the fact that we have evidence that The direct success of a student in high school is absolutely geared towards the effectiveness of the teacher that's in front of them, and uh, we stand very strongly on that fact. So again, we're focusing on the quality of the educator in front of the students when it comes to high school education.
0: Right, and uh, you've made a change in so far as hiring practices of teachers mm-hmm. are concerned. Tell us about that.
1: Yes, actually, in, in working with our education partners uh, and listening to principals across Ontario, we've come to realize that something that the Liberal government implemented a number of years ago actually has fallen flat. Um, school boards and principals alike want to have the most effective teacher in the classroom. Math teachers should be in there teaching math. French teachers, obviously, should be teaching French. And so we want to enable our principals to hire not only on seniority, but also on their teaching capacities and their expertise.
0: And who will make that call? Is that going to be up to the local boards?
1: Well, actually, we're working through right now this whole scenario with our labour partners. And at the end of the day, it will be the school boards that recommend to the principals, you know, here's a list of people to consider to fill your vacancy. And at this time, based on what was established by the former Liberal government, the only thing that matters in terms of the list that goes over to the principal is time served. They don't consider the teachers' experiences and or capacities to teach in terms of excellence. And so we, we feel very strongly that we can do better. And we will do just that.
0: Again, with Lisa Thompson, Minister of Education, you know, you cite that you've had consultations with your labor partners. Now, if that uh, is taken to mean the unions, I'm guessing there's going to be some pushback or resistance. For example, the president of the Ontario Secondary School Teachers Federation says this is a a setup for an inevitable conflict. Uh, Number one, when you talk about, you know, removing uh, or increasing the class size, obviously, uh, that would mean fewer teachers per capita. So uh, they see this as being, you know, uh, lowering of their ranks. And uh, then you've got, of course, uh, other issues that, uh, you know, seniority won't count for everything, won't be the be-all and end-all. And we know that's been the paradigm that, you know, moves people up the pay grade, the teachers and so on. Uh, So are you anticipating that there's going to be blowback from the unions on this?
1: Well, he. We we do anticipate that uh, we have opportunities to hear back from our labour partners. That consultation follows through until May 31st. But, John, I need to impress upon you today that this should be and always should be about our students and building their capacity for success in terms of pursuing post-secondary education or entering the work, world of work. And we can never lose sight of making sure that this always remains about our students. It has to be a number one priority.
0: I don't think anybody would dispute that, certainly not the parents, the teachers, and what have you, or the uh, kids, but... uh You say not one teacher, not one, is going to lose their job because of your class size strategy. So how's that going to be implemented then, through attrition over four years?
1: Yes, well, that's something that we're currently working with in terms of numbers. It's too early to tell, but we'll be working with our school boards to assess the number of retirements they have um, that, that they're going to be expecting in the next calendar year, fiscal year, if you will. But again, it's too early to tell, but I can tell you this, John, that... When it comes to teaching positions for math, for French, for science, skilled trades, technology, those positions always must be filled because, again, we've recognized that in order to best prepare our students to be resilient and confident in their future, we need to make sure we get back to the basics, and unfortunately, the last 10, 15 years, we saw a Liberal government swing away from the basics as they embraced ideologies, and uh, essentially those ideologies set our Liberal government up to fail our students.
0: But you know, Lisa, the opposition is inevitably going to position this as cuts to education. Is there money being saved in your plan?
1: What we're looking at, our number, as I said before, our number one priority is all about the students and making sure that they have the best education possible.
0: Oh, I understand, but will there be money saved?
1: At this time, again, it's it's too early to tell. We want to make sure that we're focusing our students on a path to success and that we are, in part of that path to success is making sure that they're being taught the fundamentals that, again, going to be building a skill base that employers and parents expect students to be graduating with. We've heard from employers, they want to see more resiliency in graduates. And we hear from parents that they want to make sure that their students are on a career path where they can get a job when they graduate. And unfortunately, you know, we've seen in the past number of years too many university graduates either going back for a college diploma or struggling to get jobs. And so we owe it to our parents as well as our students to get it right once and for all.
0: Well, that's interesting. I mean, just one example may be, and we've talked about this on the air over the last number of days, with the math curriculum being changed, you're planning to address, if I understand it correctly, things like financial literacy. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, So I get that uh, there's an impetus towards certain life skills. Uh, Now, on the matter of lifestyle skills or whatever it is, Gender identity and consent are going to be taught part of this new sex ed curriculum. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's coming this fall. However, and I'm reading that gender identity will now be introduced to students in grade eight rather than grade two. Wow, that's quite a leap. That's six whole years difference, a huge chronological disparity. So how or why do you arrive at this conclusion?
1: Okay, well, we feel that in the second half of the grade 8 year, students are a little bit more, more mature and they're closer to grade 9 where that particular curriculum component is mandatory. But I can tell you we've introduced new aspects to the health and physical education curriculum that parents and teachers alike are really going to embrace. At a young age, we're going to be talking about respect, respect for themselves, respect for the others, respect for their teacher. We're going to be talking about um, the negatives associated with body shaming. And the other thing that we're introducing for the first time is mental health. And again, I feel we're introducing these particular curriculum components earlier on to help prepare our students as they mature to address the the realities of today,
0: and and what grade will uh, they learn of same sex relationships?
1: Well, we talk about healthy relationships, actually, and and family relationships, and that whole spirit of the the family earlier on, and that starts in grade two and three. We're we're really pleased with where we've landed. You know, seventy two thousand people participated in this can, uh, consultation this past fall, and. Everyone, parents, teachers, employers, students themselves, they wanted to see a more robust curriculum, and we're landing there. And just so you know, John, we're currently in the midst of writing the new health and physical education curriculum. We'll be finalizing it later this spring, so it's ready to go in the fall of 2019.
0: And some parents can still opt out, can they not?
1: Oh, thank you for that. Yes, absolutely. A very important component uh, that we feel needs to be recognized is because parents ultimately are the decision makers final decision makers when it comes to their children's education if they're not comfortable with a component of the curriculum as it's being taught definitely they can work with the teacher and the principal on on an opt-out option
0: and this is on religious or conscientious grounds
1: yeah absolutely Uh, again it's up to the parents to work work through the process with the teacher and the principal In terms of exercising their their opportunity to opt out but again that too is a process that we're just working on.
0: And you're satisfied you have comprehensive input from uh, all of the stakeholders so that uh, some people aren't going to come back at you afterwards and say well we weren't broadly consulted or there wasn't enough time and so on and so forth you're comfortable with that.
1: I absolutely am we we, I am absolutely um, confident in the information that we received through the consultation and we have delivered what parents have asked for and quite frankly want to have for their students to to address the realities of today.
0: All right well we're going to follow up and uh, see how this plays out. I appreciate your time in explaining all this afternoon.
1: Very good thank you so much John have a good day.
0: And you and a great weekend. Lisa Thompson is the Minister of Education and now you know. that.